Welcome to Value Through Vulnerability. This is a podcast dedicated to putting the human back into humanity, and I'm your host, Gary Turner. I'm also the founder of HexoChange, and HexoChange is a transformational change practice dedicated to helping you connect to yourself, to others, and to systems at large in a more meaningful way, thus helping us turn around our workplace and planetary challenges and accelerating how alive we all feel in every aspect of our lives. This track is called Kaleidoscope and was created for me personally and for HexoChange by Peter Griffiths, one half of the amazing Mind Takeaway. I hope you enjoy this exploration and please do share it on your social platforms so we can bring more humanity to more people. Hope to speak to you soon. Welcome to Value Through Vulnerability, a podcast dedicated back into humanity. And today I'm very pleased to welcome a guest um, onto this first podcast that I'm sharing with somebody else by the name of Helen uh, Emery. How are you, Helen? Morning, Gary. I'm good, thank you. How are you? I am very well. Thank you very much. So thanks for joining me this morning. Would you mind giving the listeners just a little bit of background as to who you are and what you're you're doing for business? Yep, absolutely. So, um, yep. So Helen Amory, I'm uh, JobWise, an executive coach and team coach, um, HomeWise, a mum to two kids and a wife and a friend and other various relationships. Um, So my work primarily is about making work better through great leadership. Um, and I do that through one-to-one coaching, through coaching entire leadership teams, and uh, and also through traditional, I guess, classroom leadership development. Fantastic. And just as we get going, Helen, would you mind letting people know how they can get hold of you if they want to via sort of different social media platforms? Yeah, sure. Yeah. So my main social media is my first business, so Wild Fig Solutions, which is wild fig or one word with s-o-l-n-s at the end of it because solutions was too long um and i've also <laughs> got um so my team coaching business is in partnership with a colleague zoe jepson and that's under at aligning teams um and then i also have a website www.wildfigsolutions.co.uk um aligning teams website coming very soon fantastic fantastic so no, th- thanks for that introduction Helen, so just for our listeners, just a, a bit of a, a background. So obviously you and I have known each other now, I think, for probably three or four years. Mm. And I have to say for anybody that is listening, you've been a, one of my initial inspirations into the world of culture and people. So thank you for that. <laughs> You're welcome. Thank you. Um, so, yeah, what I wanted to get into have a chat about today with you, Helen, was, uh, um, as you know, I've been on a bit of a personal journey myself around sort of self-awareness and vulnerability and in fact you are one of the people that really introduced me to a lot of the the self-awareness work as part of um, a coaching learning module that Mm. we did at my work organization some years ago Mm. so what we wanted to do is just get into sort of half a dozen questions or or, or so around self-awareness and vulnerability if that's okay with you yeah yeah great okay fantastic so just wanted to start with a bit of a random question you don't have to answer (laughs) if you don't want to okay but this is me and you know me well enough so (laughs) What what do you what did you think about the what's the first thing you thought about when you woke up this morning? Oh wow! Um, <laughs> um, if it's not X-rated, <laughs> <laughs> no, none of that. So um, I think it's probably one of two things because um, I can't remember exactly. So it was so I get up at five thirty now to meditate before everybody else gets up. Um, so quite often when I wake up at five thirty, I'm thinking. Oh, is it 5.30 already? Sometimes it's not. Sometimes I actually wake up at 5.25 and I'm like, oh, how nice. I'm ready to meditate. Um, 
but yeah, this morning was one of these mornings where I was like, oh, really, it's half five already. But I'm going to do it because it makes a difference. So that was definitely one of the thought processes. The other was that um, we had some challenges last night with the children, some arguments and lots of emotion going on. So um, I, my other thought was, gosh, I wonder how this morning's going to be and how everybody's going to be feeling. So, yeah, that was the that was the mix of my thoughts this morning. Oh, how interesting. Thanks, thanks for sharing that so openly. I think it's re really interesting what you've discussed there as well as, as we've been involved on this new self-care weekly Twitter mm. sort of chat the last week or so. And it's interesting how you've got that element of self-care. Yeah. Sort of automatically as part of your sort of early start of the day, which is fantastic. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have to say I'm quite proud of myself, how well I'm doing. With. I've never been this committed to anything like that. So, yeah, it's quite an achievement that it's become such a habit. And just, 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 just out of interest, has that, be, has that been a long-term habit or something quite, quite recent for you, Helen? Um, relatively recent. So quite a while ago, I started um, doing some, I guess, what you class as mindfulness. So the traditional focusing on your breath, bringing your attention back to your breath. Um, and I used to do that, but only for like five minutes before I went to bed, because that was sort of my one guarantee, what I thought was my one guaranteed time of day to have mm. some peace and quiet to myself and that I would always have that like regular routine. Um, and then, yeah, but this meditation I've only been doing since February. So I started the course on 23rd of February, two week course online with like 20, 30 minutes a day. Um, and so, yeah, I've been practicing twice a day ever since then. So wow. yeah, it's relatively new and also already noticed a difference. So yeah, been really Fantastic. valuable. Hence the fact I still feel motivated to get up at 5.30 to do it because <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you get, if you get the benefit, then it's worth fantastic. it. <laughs> it was great to hear you got the benefit already there. That's, yeah. that, that, that's huge. I'm sure that's helpful yeah. for some people that are listening and certainly for me as well. So thank you for that. So to get into a few of the questions we wanted to cover, this, mm -hmm. cover today. Mm -hmm. So one of the first things I wanted to ask you, if I may, is what does self-awareness mean to you as Helen? If you're going to come up with your own definition or description mm. what, what, what do you feel self-awareness means to you yeah sure so um I think it's for me is about getting closer to the real you um I feel that we spend most of our lives we start off as these little people who have all these possibilities and are so connected to what we're thinking and what we're feeling and we just live in the moment and then over the years, we get layered with all this stuff, all these rules of life, all these societal norms, all these situations where we're told how to be or not to be. Um, and we gradually lose contact with our real self. Um, so for me, self-awareness is really about getting back to who are you really and who do you want to be now rather than, I guess, going along with what the rest of the world has said you should be or thinks you should be um or equally how um yeah there's also an element of how you see yourself versus how others see you so in amongst all that not only is there all that layering there's also we have a blindness to how we come across <clears throat> so i still love connecting back mm. to jahari's window for people because it's just such a great model for um, thinking about the fact that the stuff that we know about ourselves that others don't the stuff that others know about us that we don't um, so there's a huge piece to me of part of that getting back to the real you is understanding yes what you want to be but also understanding how others experience you um, and we can never know all that unless we hear that from other people 
Oh, that's, that's I love that, Helen. Actually, and what what I'm hearing there is, is quite a big piece around feedback. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, so how do how do you feel feedback plays into sort of self awareness as a concept? Oh, massively. Um, and it's and it's actually part of why um, Zoe and I started the team coaching business because what we both found was that working with a leader one to one, even if you had some three sixty feedback for them, um, there's a limit to how far you can take their development because you're kind of a little isolated island of two people working on something. And, mm. and yeah, that, that leader could go away and choose to find somebody who's like a learning buddy who can be their feedback eyes and ears, who can help them spot if they're practicing the behaviors they want to practice or having the impact they want to have. Um, but even so, it's still not the same as when you work with an entire leadership team and you have all that feedback which you know it doesn't have to be formal let me tell you this and, and what impact it had um it can also just be those in the moment conversations you have with each other which give you little indications and little bits of insight around oh right that was the impact i just had and did i want that or did i not so um yeah there's a huge piece around i say to people we don't we don't develop in isolation you can't sit on your own or even on your own with a coach and develop entirely you need absolutely feedback from others that's really interesting and, and, and if, if you have a look at sort of some of the work you're doing with Zoe and Align teams right now what sort of impact are you seeing or sort of what what progress are you seeing in other people who are developing or evidencing this sort of move towards knowing themselves and sort of understanding some of these blind spots they're sort of mm. tangible sort of outcomes that you're seeing around this sort of deeper level of self-awareness in their performance, in their relationships, et cetera. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I guess it is like the one-to-one stuff and magnified because it's, it's gaining and yeah, it kind of, it, it fits with that. Yeah. It fits with both. They're gaining that sense of, um, I want to use the word solidity. I don't think that's a real word. Feeling <laughs> strong and confident in who you are um, and where you stand, including your good bits and your bad bits. So, um, what that enables is for people to, and what we're seeing from people is they feel more confident in the role they play in the team, whether that's for their technical expertise or for some other skill or behaviour they bring or the way of their thinking, the way they help others think, um, which gives them a, a real sense of, I know my place in this team. I know I know why I'm here. I know my purpose in this team. I know the, the place, yeah, the role I play. Um and what that's then enabling is much stronger conversations because rather than people assuming, oh, well, I, I shouldn't say something about this because I might not really know, people are much more able then to give their contribution because they are clear on what they bring. And then that mm -hmm. enables much healthier debate, much better um, healthy conflict. Um, and that then enables greater creativity and innovation because people are putting their contributions forward and, and putting their thoughts in the mix. So, and as we know, creativity, innovation, agility, that's all the stuff that we need in this world where things are always changing. So, um, yes, absolutely, it has a huge impact there. That's really interesting. I'm hearing a piece here as well, Helen. That's, it's great you're seeing such, such sort of clear evidence as, as to why self-awareness is important. But is it, I sort of picked up what you just described there, saying around this sort of, psychological safety sort of allowing oh, people yeah. to bring their whole self is, is that also yeah, part yeah. of this sort of journey yeah absolutely and that's a big part so so we use a diagnostic 
called Team Emotional Intelligence, and one of the outcomes of that um, is psychological safety. Okay. Uh, so we talked to teams about you can't you can't do psychological safety in the same way you can't do profit. You can't action profit. You can action sales and costs. So you can't action psychological safety. You can't make it a thing. You have to drop a level in terms of looking at the behaviours you're um, displaying and how they either create or don't create psychological safety. But yes, absolutely. It's very mm. much about that. And yeah, h- helping people have their, their space, have their voice, um, be heard, be cared for. Um, yeah, all of that absolutely contributes towards psychological safety and therefore, yeah, all the stuff I said before. See, what, as you speak, honey, it's really compelling for me, sort of why would anybody not want to be more self-aware based on all of the things <laughs> you just described? So, you know, if, if we sort of touch on that maybe a little bit, you know, what do you mm. see within your work and maybe sort of, sort of personally as the barriers that hold people back from stepping into that, you know, that, mm. that deeper sense of self? Mm. What sort of things do you come across? So um, it's a word you'd be very familiar with, Gary, I know, from your work with World Blue, um, but it's fear. So mm-hmm. absolutely, it's fear. Um, I, I remember the very first time I had pro- what I consider proper feedback. So through my career, I'd had feedback about my performance, my work. Um, and actually, as I think about it, through school, through university and into work, it was all about you are doing a good job. Your work is good. Your, your, you know, your tangible, practical stuff is good. Um, and I remember the first time I was given behavioural feedback and I was absolutely rocked. Uh, mm. my world went into turmoil I was like oh my god what is this like you know I've been happily going through my life doing really well at everything um typical type a high achieving you know top grades at school kind of thing and then mm-hmm. oh my god what I'm not perfect Jesus where did that come from <laughs> um and I've since learned there's this concept of a disorientating dilemma um, which okay. is which is an opportunity. So uh, receiving feedback is a perfect example of where that could happen. Um, and these di- disorienting dilemmas are, are opportunities for us to um, choose essentially one of two paths. We can ignore it and go back into our safe comfort zone, or we can choose to embrace it and we can learn from it and we can grow and develop. Um, and I think I took the latter route and I've continued to take the latter route of um seeking feedback seeking to understand myself better um but fundamentally it's scary when you know to to uh, uh, yeah at that first opportunity I can't imagine if somebody had told me what it was going to be like or or said to me go and ask people how yeah what impact you're having on them I I would have been like why why would I want to do that why would Mm. I want to expose myself in that way um and absolutely that's what what it feels like it's that yeah it's that sense of exposure people will see that I've got things that I'm not perfect at that I'm not capable enough at this stuff um and if I'm not those things then I won't be accepted and and it really hooks back into all our tribal stuff because then if I'm not accepted I'm not part of a tribe Mm. and if I'm and if I'm not part of a tribe then I'm dead basically is is kind of fundamentally where it comes back to um because that was, yeah, as much as we think we've moved on and we've, we have gotten these incredible brains that enable us to create all the things we've created, and yet at the same time, we are still hardwired to need to be in a tribe or else we'll die. That, that is so amazing. That, that's, that's, such an, that's such a vivid description, Helen, for me. <laughs> because, like you say, yeah, no, no, yes, I've like, done a lot of work on fear on myself and, and around fear, but 
that distorting disorders is really interesting is that sorry sorry distorting dilemmas yeah. is that a sort of is that a piece of work by someone that you could maybe you can quote or is it just something you've come across yeah, yeah. no or... so let me check it out it came through my um through my coach training with barefoot coaching so let me okay. check back and see if i had a reference to it oh that'd be uh, great that That'd be great. I'd add it to any podcast notes. And just, just for any yeah, listeners yeah. that may be listening, I'm, I'll make sure there's the links to aligning teams, to, to Wild Fig, and also anything else yeah. we discussed today, like Jahari's window, et cetera, as well. Yeah, cool. So, so no, that, that's brilliant. I, I think something else that's jumping out to me, and you know, I'm sure she won't mind me, mind, mind, mind me mentioning this, but my, my eldest stepdaughter, who's 24, has exactly the same path for education as you. Okay. Um, and literally, the, she's now studying for um, a, a finance and qualification a very 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 difficult one and she failed her first ever exam about six months ago right. and, her, and her world she was in tatters absolutely mm. in tatters because mm. exactly what you've described so you hear an awful lot don't you about sort of education and how it needs to change and mm. get away from the mechanistic model mm. sort of you know bums on seats yeah, yeah. they're just just hitting the results yeah and i think what you're talking about and I've, I've not seen this link until our call today this self-awareness piece does surely go back almost to education you know how do yeah. you actually help young people be keep that true self you spoke about yeah, how do they yeah. keep that wonder and that excitement and that questioning yeah. as they go into adult life so i don't i know we don't have the time today to go on all of that yeah. do you see that as a link oh my god yeah and i and i sometimes um like I, I genuinely get overwhelmed sometimes by the magnitude of it because it's education it's society particularly western society um and yeah i kind of and some days i'm just like I want to change it all. Oh my God, I want to change it all. Um, and then I go, no, right now that's not where we are. <laughs> so I kind of, then I go back to just, yeah, do my bits, do what I can do right now for where I am. Um, but yes, it's, it's, it's absolutely, it comes through all of that. Um, yeah. Oh, that's, that's really interesting. So, so just to summarise then, so the barriers, ultimately they're, all, they're pretty much all fear-based as to mm. why people would not step into that deeper sense of self. Mm. So that, 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 that makes sense. Mm. So, so if I sort of link this, because I see the two areas that I'm really focusing on um, for, with this podcast is around self-awareness, but also vulnerability. Mm. So just out of interest, sort of you, you describe very eloquently your view as to what self-awareness looks like. What would you what would you see vulnerability as within certainly within a work context, um, Helen? Because it's something that you know I've got a bit of a bee in my bonnet at the moment around. I feel there's a lack of invulnerability or mm-hmm. lack of vulnerability certainly at the top of organisations. And I was just wondering what your what your take was. You know, what do you feel vulnerability is, and how can it be helpful in a in a work context? Yeah, um, and I, I in essence, I kind of see it as being the same thing. Um, or that certainly self-awareness enables vulnerability. Okay. So um, when I looked, I did do that classic thing of, oh, what's, what does the dictionary say about vulnerability? Um, and when you read that, you go, God, not surprising that people, if they hear that word go, word rather, say, oh, my God, why would I want that? So cause it mm. says it means you're exposed to the possibility of being attacked or harmed. So it's like, yeah, <laughs> Yay, let's be more vulnerable. Um, but yeah, so, so that is the in the truest sense. And I guess that's why that feedback thing, and like I described from my first experience of real feedback, I felt like I'd been attacked. You know, it's mm. like, God, this is huge. Um, so uh, yeah, um, and it, therefore it can... I guess the ideal for me is that in work, it is that thing about becoming more of the real you, um, showing more of the stuff that's hidden, if you connect it back to the Jahari stuff, showing more of your uncertainty um, of, of, that you carry, you know, that we all 
have this facade of we've all got it we're all perfect we've you know I totally know what I'm doing all the time whereas actually beneath the surface most people are going Jesus I don't know what I'm doing and I hope nobody notices um so yeah yeah, vulnerability for me is that it's it's being okay with sharing some of that real stuff um and and with balance so um there's a, a thing called the trust equation okay um so trust equals credibility plus reliability plus intimacy divided by self-orientation um and so Mm. just focusing on the two there's a balance within that so credibility is about yeah i'm capable i can do my job i know what i'm doing and that doesn't necessarily mean technical stuff so as a leader that can mean i understand the politics of this organization i can make things happen i can remove organizational barriers to help you my team be amazing because that's my essential expertise as a leader. That's my, the point of my job in some ways. Um, so credibility is that, I could, yeah, I'm capable of doing my job. And the reliability is, is also connected to self-awareness, actually, because reliability is about I behave consistently. So in similar situations, I make similar sorts of decisions. I, I behave in similar sorts of ways. We can never be robots and identical, but there's enough similarity that people go, yeah, I can, I can rely on that person. And you can see how that totally builds trust. Um, and also that reliability hooks into your self-awareness because if you're self-aware, you know your values, you know what's important to you and you operate from those values, you decide from those values, which then enables mm. you to be more consistent and reliable. Um, so that's that piece which connects to self-awareness. Then there's the intimacy piece, <clears throat> which is really the the equivalent of vulnerability. It's about showing some of the real you. And I say some of on purpose because it's not not bearing all. It's not bearing your whole soul and all your background and deepest, darkest stuff. But it is about sharing some of what's going on for you and some of your real you, some of that hidden you that that normally others don't see. Um, So, yeah, all those three bits really hook into that vulnerability piece that's 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 quite huge for me i'm, I'm really learning as, as i listen to you this morning helen because i think i i personally see them at times as quite distinct but i think that's cause i've got a little bit of a bias to be honest in, in my own head around it so what i'm hearing from what you're you're describing is sort of vulnerability is part of being more self-aware is that a fair is that a fair thing in, in your in your opinion or do they go more side by side or is it part of a yeah. part of that equation to be vulnerable therefore you're more self-aware in, in, in your view yeah so so definitely vulnerability is part of that and that's all that stuff builds trust mm-hmm. um and therefore mm. builds strong relationships and therefore can enable you to be more self-aware because you might feel more comfortable having feedback type conversations yeah. and, and also the opposite is true where if i step into feedback conversations i'll build my self-awareness and then that enables me to be more reliable and build intimacy so that yes. i think that, i think there's a real two-way and I do, I do think it's necessary to sort of say there's a a set path of yeah do x y and then z yeah i think it's i think there's a kind of yeah there's a mix of all that stuff uh i, I like that it's sort of like a continuum isn't it to, to, mm. to some extent uh, that's that's really powerful okay in terms of what you're sort of working on, in terms of your own sort of development, what sort of mm-hmm. research, reading or learning is impacting you the most right now? 
just out mm. of interest, if you don't yeah, mind sharing yeah. that. No, of course. Um, yeah, so my stuff over the last uh, year, 18 months, gosh, no, t- uh, yeah, yeah, probably about that, actually. Um, so I've gone on a bit of a, a journey over that time of, um, I had another disorienting dilemma. Um, no, it must be two years ago. Gosh, I can't believe that. So yes, and, and that led me on to seeking some coaching for myself and mm-hmm. within that I then uh well actually not within that but as a as part of that journey I discovered a book about Buddhism and started reading about that and then I went and had my chakras uh not healed but uh read so I, I, I kind of yeah was doing lots of experimenting around different stuff and then I've discovered the meditation so yeah the last all that time there's been a big thing for me around um connecting into more spiritual stuff and uh, and actually hooking into yeah so the buddhism stuff I've, I've started learning a bit more about stoicism which is similar and different that was thanks to phil wilcox's podcast that i learned about that one um mm-hmm. so yes i'm very much in that kind of um that headspace of how yeah learning it for myself and also then how do we bring more of that to the world and it fits with that Gary that you know that you're doing now on Twitter um because it's very much about bringing some of that human stuff bringing the the care the downtime the yeah the look after ourselves stuff rather than the always on always busy always achieving stuff so yeah that's in a very rambling way that's that's my that's all the stuff I'm kind of playing with at the minute no that's been thank you so much for sharing that I have to say I've been yeah, the last 12 months for me has been, yeah, I found meditation probably the last only three months personally. Mm. And, I, and I have to say for me, it has been, okay, I don't like to ban the word transformative around too much, but I do feel mm. like, you know, the sort of 15 minutes before, sorry, when I wake, first wake up mm. and going to bed, that mm. you, you coined the, the word habit mm. of your meditation. <clears throat> Excuse me. It's, it's totally that, isn't it? You know, just to know you've got 15, 20, 30 minutes per day where you can just be still mm. and not under any pressure or have to look at your phone it's it's remarkably powerful isn't it Mm. yeah and I've noticed a real difference actually when I um particularly for my morning meditation um if I meditate and then go and carry on with my getting ready routine um without looking at my phone I feel so much better because there have been some times where I've meditated and then thought oh I'm just going to jump on my phone and do this or do that Mm. and it's just not the same I've really noticed a difference in my whole day if I have you know the next half an hour to 45 minutes which is still non-phone time uh just to yeah ease into the day without the distractions of that and phones are brilliant it's not a no phones but it's I've definitely become more choiceful about how and when I use it so so I guess the biggest challenge for you then is how you manage still manage that on school holidays and uh, things like that I guess that's the that's your ultimate test (laughs) <laughs> yeah so in fairness we have had easter holidays and the kids are being awesome about it so okay. um and very easily actually I've, i was really surprised um so one thing that helped was that i talked to my husband about it this time whereas previously i always felt a bit awkward doing my mindfulness and thinking oh god what's he gonna think i'm doing and i feel really stupid and now i'm not going to keep doing it because i feel really stupid um okay. this time i was in more of a um i won't swear but you know that it. phrase and I'm like do you know what this is important to me and I'm going to do it and yeah so therefore I'm going to tell husband about it 
and I'm going to tell kids about it. And in fact, the, the teacher on my course said, set the boundary with your kids that if, it, if there's no blood and there's no bones, it's not important enough. And you don't come and get mummy. You leave her to, <laughs> mm. you leave her to meditate. So the kids are, yeah, they're great. They're really respectful. They know the routine. Um, and in fairness, I tend to do it when they're watching TV, so they couldn't care less anyway. Um, but also I have done it in the car while kids and husband have been in the car. Well, not driving, obviously. Um, <laughs> that would be impressive. <laughs> or, you know, we went and stayed in a little lodge in Yorkshire at Easter holidays and I went off to the bedroom while they were playing around and sometimes they'll come and sit with me. And yeah, it's um, they've been great, actually. So it's so far so good. It's working. That is amazing. And do you know what I feel as we sort of come towards the end of this this mm. podcast? And Helen, you've just wonderfully closed it out for me from the point of view that the very things you spoke about that people struggle with to be more self-aware, i.e. fear, is exactly what you overcome. Mm. You know, that negative self-talk around you doing your, your mindfulness. Yes, yeah, yeah, so great, it's, point. It's, it's, it's great point, great point. It's quite interesting, isn't it, how you know, ultimately yeah. it all comes back to that, you know, do I believe enough yeah. in what I'm planning to do? that yeah. I will stand and live and die by it. Yeah, so, yeah. So, yeah. That's a really great point. I love that. Oh, brilliant. Well, look, we're, we're getting close to the 30-minute. So as we wrap up, thank you so much for sparing half hour of your time today. That's absolutely amazing. Could you, is there any particular reading or references that you think could be helpful for someone who wants to look a bit more into self-awareness as a topic? I know you introduced me to Professor Stevens' Chimp Paradox, which I still mm. think is amazing. Would mm. you still recommend that? Are there other things that you might recommend to any listeners? Hmm. Yeah, so definitely that. Um, and yeah, so explore the Jahari Window stuff that, like you said, you'll put a link to. Uh, what else? I think for me, there's a thing of just start asking people. Start asking people for, for their thoughts and people who you trust and people who you do feel safe with. But ask them for, for feedback. You know, start just getting into it. Nice. Start, start experiencing it and see what happens. And if you need other support, you know, find a coach or a, a trusted friend to talk it through with. Um, but yeah, just maybe just give it a try. Get in there and experience the real thing. I, I love that, Helen. Get out, get your head out of the books and actually go and do something <laughs> with it. Brilliant. Yeah. Great challenge. Love that. I'll take that one personally. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, Helen, thank you so much again for sparing half hour today. Um, and yeah, let's keep in touch and uh, yeah. have a great day. Yeah, Angie, thanks so much, Gary. Speak to you Cheers, soon. Helen. Bye. Take care. Bye. Bye. Hi there, just Gary Turner again here. Just wanted to say thanks again to Helen uh, as we wrap up this first um, guest podcast. I really enjoyed the the talk with Helen as always, but in particular, there's been some new learning for me today. Um, one particular area has been around the link between self awareness and vulnerability, according to Helen. So I always yeah I always mix up the two. Again, it is on a on a continuum. But sometimes I feel that vulnerability actually leads self-awareness when actually it's just one part of that quotient, which is quite interesting. In terms of other areas of learning I took from Helen today, if we look at the trust equation, um, that was a really, really interesting concept, something that I've not heard of before. And I think in a world of deep mistrust with their institutions, um, with each other, to be honest, um, at times, I think the trust equation could well be something that we all need to take a, a deeper and more detailed look at. And certainly something I'll be taking more of a look at going forward. I was really interesting in this disorient, disorienting dilemmas 
situation that uh, that Helen referred to, something that we can all think back and look at that uh, you know that time when we first got told um, that things weren't good, or the first time maybe like myself when you were made redundant earlier in your career. You know, there's there's plenty of times we can look back in in our certainly our early stage careers where it really really hurt to get constructive feedback, and maybe it is now is the time that we need to be seeking feedback, as Helen mentioned as one of her her wrap up comments. You know, why don't we all go out and start asking for feedback? Let's build our our feedback muscles such that we actively look to build that that feedback, which in terms will allow us to live the fullest possible life as to who we are, closest to who we are, and our values. Um, a couple of other points just to wrap up. So Helen also mentioned the Emotion at Work podcast by an excellent guy, Phil Wilcox. I'll make sure that his um, podcast is actually added to the show notes. And finally, Helen referenced World Blue, an organisation I've done an awful lot of work with myself over the last 12 months, which has literally been transformational for me per- uh, personally, very much dealing with my fears, the things that hold me back. And as such, I've added a list as well. I'm sorry, a link to World Blue as well at the bottom of the show notes. So I really hope you, you found this interesting. hope you found it as enjoyable as I did. And please do um, share share the podcast, feedback on the podcast. You know, this is all about self-awareness. So please tell me how I did. Did it work? Did it not? How did the, the conversation flow for you? Did you find it helpful? And uh, hopefully I'll see you in a month or so's time when we have our next guest coming on. Thanks very much for now. Really hoping that you enjoyed that exploration on the Value Through Vulnerability podcast. You can find out much more about HexoChange at hexochangenow.com. That's H-E-X-O-Change-Now, one word, dot com. You can subscribe to a weekly newsletter at that website, which includes information about live stream conversations, further service offerings, blogs, but also our in-person events, of which we have multiple each year. So I really hope that you'll join us. Do connect with me, Gary Turner, on LinkedIn, and I really hope to hear from you soon.